everybody. It's Sue Bidstrup with the Great Big Yes podcast. Thank you for being here. On this podcast, I talk to people who have said yes to a greater calling in their lives, people who are living with passion and purpose and making a difference in the world. Today, I'm speaking with my dear friend, Melissa. She has gone through um, breast implant illness, and she posted about it on Facebook a couple weeks ago, and her story is just very captivating. I noticed the feedback she was getting in the comments, and a lot of people saying, oh, that happened to me as well, or a lot of people asking questions, and I could tell that this was a really hot topic. Um, And then as I called her and we started talking about it, she told me more, um, there's been recent FDA hearings and people testifying about their experiences um, having illness because of their breast implants. And she talks a little bit about that in our interview here, um, just about how they're going to start putting black box warnings on breast implants. And so her goal right now is just to educate people, to give them more knowledge. And so she can, um, well, they can make decisions that are informed, right? Making informed decisions. And so there, this is not about judging people who have breast implants or making people never get breast implants or anything like that, but she's here to tell her story of what happened to her, um, the illness that she had, the extreme fatigue and the joint pain and just all of the different symptoms that she had, and then how the doctors um, kind of treated that and uh, when she started seeing a functional medicine doctor. And then how she found a post on Facebook that changed everything for her. It was like a lifeline and she just became consumed with the information and then she had her implants taken out. And so she tells us the story um, from the beginning when she started not feeling well and to now, to today. She's had her implants out for six months and she's feeling much better and she kind of walks us through that journey. So this is a story you don't want to miss whether you have implants or not. Um, we hope and pray that it will help somebody and maybe that somebody is you and maybe you've been looking for an answer to why you're not feeling well. And so Melissa gives a lot of really good information here. There's also information at greatbigyes.com in the show notes, some links to different symptoms that you might have if you have breast implant illness. Um, and a link to the Facebook group that when she joined, it was at 60,000 people six months ago, and now it's at 100,000 people. So this is real, this is important, this is timely, and I hope that you learn from it. If you have any questions, you can email me at greatbigyes1 at gmail.com. And anything we can get out there that is knowledge and information, um, they're working toward getting people to have to sign off, so informed consent, to be able to sign off on all of the risks of breast implants. And so she talks us through that, which is, I think, fascinating. So there's lots of aspects to this story, but right now, um, we just want to allow Melissa to share her story, and we can all learn from it. So without further ado, here's Melissa. Thanks for being here, you guys. Awesome. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Hi, Sue. I'm great. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you so much coming on. I think this is a really important topic, and I'm just so grateful that you're willing to share your story. Well, thank you for having me. I'm grateful to be here. So I would love for you to just kind of introduce yourself and tell people what's going on, like why I invited you to come on today. Okay. Well, I appreciate you inviting me to come on because I think that 
this message is important for women out there um, who have maybe varying health issues or things like that and can't quite get to the bottom of it. And um, so for me, all that goes back to um, having breast implants. And so really um, what I want to talk about is having had breast implants, getting them out and the reason for that and to just make people aware of what they can cause and make people aware who might be thinking about getting breast implants that they need to be truly informed before they do that. Well, yeah. And I love what you told me. You said, you know, your main mission in speaking up about this is just to share knowledge and that people can be informed if they're making this decision. And I, the reason I reached out to you is because of you had posted on Facebook and mm -hmm. I just saw all of the response. So this is um, a really important topic for a lot of women who have had breast implants. Yes, for sure. And I was honestly very surprised by the response that um, people commented with. It was very encouraging. And, um, you know, it, I guess it validated kind of why I put it all out there because my objective is just if it helps one person. Yeah. Then it was worth putting it out there. And I can tell you, I had at least a handful of responses privately that people wanted more information and wanted to hear kind of more of the details of my story. And so not that I want anyone to be ill or be worried, but, um, that's how I found out about it was through a similar situation. And had I not, I would probably still be trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. So take us back to the beginning. Like you didn't feel well, right? Like what were some of your symptoms? Yeah. So this all takes place this year. It's been kind of a whirlwind, but um, earlier in the year, I just kind of hit a brick wall and I know we can all kind of say that at times, but I just would get, I would just get out of bed and feel like I hadn't slept. I was extremely fatigued, um, day after day after day. And I had joint pain, like an 80 year old woman would have, I guess, but, um, it just like all of a sudden things started to deteriorate and I couldn't figure out why, um, up to that point, some of my symptoms, I just kind of brushed off to getting older, being a mom of three kids, yep. um, moving different things like that, which I'm sure that attribute some of it, but I just couldn't understand why someone like me, who's relatively healthy, <laughs> was yeah. feeling so terrible. Um, those were my two main symptoms, but there's so many um, 
to go along with that. And so, so can I interrupt you for a second? When you say fatigued, it's not like the normal, like the mom who's tired. It's like you were, like you said, at one point your husband was like, okay, something's wrong. Like it's bigger than that. You were tired. Right. So like, would you have to sleep during the day or? Oh yeah, I would. I would definitely need to lay down during the day. I would sleep 10 hours at night and wake up drained. Um, one way a friend of mine put it was that you just were like being like someone was literally holding you down while you were trying to get through the day. Like everything just felt hard heavy. <laughs> to accomplish yeah. and heavy and so yeah, my husband finally was like, maybe you have mono or something needs to be checked out. And I think as, as moms, we a lot of times try to just put on a exterior, even though we may be feeling pretty lousy on the inside and just kind of hide things. Yeah. But even he realized that something was not right. Um, Okay. So then that sent you to the doctor. Yeah. So I am very lucky in the sense of kind of where my, how my journey took place because there's so many women out there that go to doctor after doctor after doctor and cannot figure out what's going on and neither can the doctors. Um, So I just chose to go straight to my OBGYN and um, she immediately thought it must be thyroid related. So she kind of ran some initial testing there and it was just elevated enough, nothing crazy, um, for her to send me to a doctor that specializes in that. And then that doctor, um, diagnosed me with Hashimoto's. Okay. And what is Hashimoto's? Yeah. So it's a autoimmune disease of your thyroid. So it's not really a thyroid condition. I mean, it's more of an autoimmune disease than it is a thyroid condition, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, once I got that diagnosis, I kind of was like relieved that, okay, that's what it is. That is why I'm so tired. The symptoms kind of fell in line with Hashimoto's and I was um, then kind of determined that I was going to do anything that I could do to get relief from that, which led me to a functional medicine doctor here in Austin. Thank goodness um, because they put together a great protocol for me to follow in order to just kind of fight that from all directions. So it was a complete lifestyle change from diet to supplements to, you know, the very exact type of medication I needed to be on. Okay. So I would love to interrupt here and just give a shout out to functional medicine. And I I feel like um, for those like you and I could talk about this all day and we're super excited, but there may be people listening who are like, what's a functional medicine doctor? Right. Yep. So how would you describe it? Well, I, goodness, I would describe it as 
I mean, just from my experience, it's such a different perspective. Like they sit down with you. I sat down with this person for over an hour. They're really trying to find the root cause of what is going on versus throwing some medication at the problem and hoping that that resolves it. Right. So, um, you know, this particular functional medicine doctor is specifies in thyroid issues. And so I knew that she has seen, you know, she's got experience related to the Hashimoto's and exactly what type of plan we were going to get on. And so I, I completely trusted that everything she was telling me, although some of those things were difficult, that I was going to do them. And right. And she's looking at the whole person, right? Like, it's not just like, oh, you have a symptom. Let's treat the symptom. It's like, okay, what are you eating? How are you sleeping? What's going on? Like, they look at the whole, your whole entire life. Right. Which I love. And I think that's so important um, for medicine to move that way. Because sometimes our bodies are reacting to our thoughts. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many other things, you know, that are connected. It's not just treat the symptom. And then sometimes you treat the symptom with medication and you get sicker. Right. Absolutely. And for me, I mean, they ran such an in-depth battery of labs for my thyroid. And one thing about functional medicine doctors are that what they see in blood work may be out there in the medical medical community as in the normal range, but they typically look at the optimal range and how you should be falling. And so that makes a huge difference in how Mm -hmm. you're treated. So like you were saying, they look at your whole self and that is so true. And they don't compare you to somebody else that may have the same thing because you're, optimal levels are going to be different. So yes, I I am so, so grateful that I went that direction and I was fully on board with everything um, that, you know, they were having me do. And that was probably for about two weeks. And then just one day out of the blue, um, an article about breast implants and the negative effects of breast implants and things like that. Um, I came across that on Facebook and that definitely is kind of where everything changed. Yeah. So you read this article and you were like, wow, because the article, am I right? The article was saying that this person was sick kind of like in Mm -hmm. the same way that you are. Right. So it, it was like, you finally saw your story out there. It did. Yeah. And even like the article was just posted, there wasn't any story with it. And it, all it said was, um, FDA hearings about breast implant risks or something to that effect. But I read it because I had breast implants. So I was like, Oh, what's, what's this all about? You know? And so I opened it, read it. And in the article is where, it was talking about this group of women that was testifying um, in front of the FDA about their experience with breast implant illness, 
breast related breast implant related cancer and I just I mean it was one of those moments you know that you remember like what you were doing and what was going on because it was kind of like a gut punch yeah and I just was I I don't know it was kind of a surreal a surreal moment and then I then reached out to the person who had posted that and kind of went from there. Was it anyone you knew or was it just somebody in America? That- <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, it, you know, not someone that I hung out with on a daily basis, but it was someone in okay. our area who I was acquaintances with on Facebook and never knew anything about her story before that. But because she posted this article, I reached out to her. Um, that day and I just messaged her something like I just read the article you posted I assume that you've been through something related to this can we talk yeah and she immediately responded with all kinds of information and that's when it really hit me that all of the symptoms that she had had as well were things I had been having for probably three years and they were all just coming to kind of ahead at this point. Well, and and that's what you and I talked about. Like, you know, if you can help somebody by telling your story, it's really important that you tell your story, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that she put that out there and she wasn't even telling her story. She was just sharing an article. Um, It gave you a lifeline, you know, gave you information you needed. So, Okay. And then tell me, cause you said that right after that, you realized there was a Facebook group for people who had suffered from. Yes. Okay. And so she had also, um, encouraged me to join this Facebook group and I'm sure that you'll be able to share a link um, yes. on your site, but it is a Facebook group started by a woman named Nicole and it's called breast implant illness and um, recovery by Nicole, something to that effect. But um, so I joined that Facebook group that day. Anybody can join and be approved, you know, you have to be approved, but um, I joined it that day and I (laughs) was consumed. I will say it can be overwhelming, especially at first. Yeah. But I was consumed till, you know, two in the morning, just like reading story after story after story of the exact same thing that I was feeling in that moment. And just to know, even though I didn't know any of these women out there, but just to know that there was this support group right there immediately was so encouraging. And Gosh, that was six months ago I joined, and there was about 60,000 women on that Facebook page, and just as of a few days ago, I think they hit over 100,000 women, Um, because the word is spreading. I mean, that's, you know, I mean. Well, and you mentioned the original post was about the FDA hearings, about Mm -hmm. the risks. So what did the FDA, because, you know, they're not always on top of (laughs) (laughs) What what did they say are the risks? 
Well, so it's been a process. I would say my journey with all of this has been very in line with kind of where the FDA um, is going as well. So when I found out about breast implant illness was during the FDA hearings mm-hmm. of women pleading for there to be more knowledge and more consent. Um, Of course, there were plastic surgeons there saying there's no such thing as breast implant illness. You know, there was both sides. Um, And then just this past, I guess a couple of weeks ago when I felt compelled to share my story is when the FDA came out and did say, we are putting a black box warning on breast implant, all breast implants, not just ones that in the past may have been thought to be more risky, but all breast implants. And I know that sounds like not super effective because you're not, as a patient, you're not going to see the box that the breast implants are in. What's a black box warning? What does that mean? So basically, you know, just like any other um, thing that's bad for you, like cigarettes and all of that, it's going to have that black box of the, you know, what these things can cause if you use them. Okay. Um, But although the patient doesn't see that, it is, you know, a new label on the breast implant box itself, that's just an extra step to um, making people aware. And so what they want plastic surgeons to do, the FDA, not necessarily the breast implant companies, um, is to have a checklist for patients. And this is the informed consent part. So the FDA is saying you need to have a checklist for your patients where they are physically checking off every box on this sheet, telling them the different risks associated with breast implants, um, such as if you already have an autoimmune condition, this, this product can, you know, exacerbate that and make it, you know, make it worse. If you know, it can bring on the onset of autoimmune disease. It can cause symptoms such as, and there's over 60 symptoms of breast implant illness. Um, Then there's some breast implants that have been related to um, a cancer in your blood. And so that's kind of been a hot topic as well. So though that's kind of where we are today with with the FDA. But this is a step in the right direction to get the black box warning. It's just. It's a step in the right direction. And more so for the patient, it's about the checklist. And that's where kind of the informed consent comes in, that you're physically checking off these boxes, that these are the risks versus when I got mine, which was only six years ago, not very long, um, it it was like, okay, well, here's your options. What size do you want to do? What, you know, this is the kind that we feel is the best for what you're wanting. And, you know, it's, it's more about the cosmetic versus the, you know, actually thinking about what you're putting into your body. 
Right. And speaking of that, aren't there different materials, like different mm-hmm. implants or different materials? Is there one that's worse or, you know what I mean? Like, or is right. this apply to all? Yeah, it's interesting because um, you've got your saline implants, which are basically salt water, and then you have your silicone implants, which there's different types in each category. But the thing that kind of opened my eyes in this Facebook group that I'm in and is that there's really no safe implant because saline, they are um, encased in a silicone covering. Okay. So um, the implants I had, I, I think at the time were kind of like the go-to type of implants, which, which they refer to as like a gummy bear consistency, meaning that if they ruptured, they wouldn't be leaking silicone all into your body. Okay. But I've noticed in my research that women with those type of um, implants have the very exact same symptoms um, within a very short amount of time. And so while I do think all implants can be harmful, um, I also feel like there's some that can bring on symptoms sooner than others. Because what your body's doing is fighting a foreign object. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was something I never really thought of. I think if somebody would have just said that, right. Um, I would have had second thoughts and, um, yeah, I mean, as soon as you put that in your body, your body forms a tissue capsule around the implant to protect the rest of your body from the, um, foreign object that it is and is made up of, a lot of chemicals and metals and things like that, that we're so aware of not to put in our bodies through foods and things like that. Right. But we're putting them inside of our chest cavity when we're getting implants. So when you, you said you got these six years ago, how long did it take for you to start feeling some of these symptoms? Um, Initially I would have told you probably, four years, but, um, once everything kind of set in, I realized I started having symptoms probably a couple years after I got them. Okay. Um, just with dry hair, dry skin. I mean, two, about two years ago, my hair literally started breaking off and I could not figure out, I had switched like what I, was using on my hair. And I was like, wow, this is a very extreme reaction to that. But I guess that's what it is. And literally spent two years with the hairdresser trying to get my hair back into the shape that it was and still working on that. But that was like, I never had anything like that happen before. And so now that I see this list of symptoms that maybe you could also post if I share that with you. Um, yeah. It, it is just, you know, like jaw dropping because there's just so many that I look back and I'm like, yep, yep. You know, shortness of breath and um, just. I mean, you, you mentioned know, crippling joint pain. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you said 
and not only all of these things that you're having besides the fatigue and all of that, but no motivation and then anxiety right. because of all of these things. Right. Like when you start, you know, having all these things and you start worrying about what's going on and you can't even enjoy what's going on around you. I think that for me was where the anxiety came in and yeah. like, what am I going to feel like 10 years from now? You know, is what I often thought on many days. Yes. Right. So. And so there's a spiritual component. And I mean, just like we were talking about the functional medicine doctor, you know, our health is all of us. It's our heart, mind, soul, and all of it. And so when you're having health issues and then you're having anxiety and then it's affecting your relationships and that's affecting your emotions and then there's more anxiety and all of that. And along the way, there might be a doctor that says, oh, well, you have anxiety. Here's an anxiety pill. Right. Yes. So and what I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. That's what, that's where a lot of women end up is with a fibromyalgia diagnosis or a depression diagnosis. And yes, that's probably true, mm -hmm. but what's the cause, you know, like what are the underlying reasons for yes. that? Yes. So, um, Okay, so if somebody is listening to this, this doesn't happen to everyone with breast implants, right? I'm glad you brought that up because um, obviously there are probably millions of women out there with breast implants. And so, you know, in, with sharing my story, I definitely don't want to scare anyone or make people feel that they've made a bad decision or anything like that, because obviously I made the decision to put them in and um, then get them out. But um, right now is also a great time because the studies are being done to mm -hmm. find out, you know, what is causing these, the, these symptoms for breast implant illness, what is causing that exactly? Is it, truly the materials that the implants are made up of, um, which are highly toxic, or is it um, like a genetic disposition to reject them? Right. Um, and maybe somebody else won't. So that's kind of where things are right now is really trying to find the source, but there's not like a test to find out like, do I have breast implant illness? I mean, the tests are, um, have you been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease? Have you been diagnosed with, um, like you were saying, depression or fibromyalgia or different things like that is kind of where it starts. Um, so how have you been feeling since you got them out? Um, I've been feeling great. It's definitely, I guess, one of the main little slogans on this Facebook group is that the heel is real and it totally is. Um, I can't imagine where I would be now if I still had them in. Mm -hmm. Um, and even though it's been six months, I felt like I was declining so rapidly that I just like, I don't even want to think about how I would feel right now if I still had them in. So yeah. my energy level has, um, improved dramatically and I don't have to have the 10 hours of sleep a night anymore. Um, so that for me was a huge win. I mean, 
if that's all I would have gained, I would have been ecstatic over that. Um, so energy level is greatly improved, but when I got them out, I would say like on day two, I got out of bed and I had like zero joint pain and I couldn't believe it. Wow. And I couldn't believe that it had gotten so bad that not having it was such a different feeling for me. So, and I will also say I did not use a whole lot of painkillers after the surgery. So it wasn't because, you know, I was on all these pain meds or right. things like that. It truly like had subsided. That being said, your body does go through like detox periods during, um, you know, the process of getting them out and getting everything out of your system. So there are days that I feel the joint pain come back and it makes me nervous and I have to, you know, tell myself this is the process. Um, and there are things I do to help with the detox process. And that's kind of a different topic, but, um, you mean through diet and exercise and stuff like that or right. Yeah. Like I've definitely still stayed on my autoimmune um, type diet. So I've stayed with that, but there's other things I've done like infrared saunas and those type of treatments to help really get out those residual toxins right. that are in your body. And, um, another very, very important part of getting your implants removed is that you have it done correctly because it's not just a go in there, pop out the implant kind of thing. Like you have to make sure you have a surgeon who removes the entire capsule that has formed around your implant because that is what is harboring the toxins at that point. And if you don't get those out, then you're not going to have, um, you're not going to heal. So that's now, extremely important. Is this something, and I, I mean, again, a whole nother rabbit hole we could go down, but I'm just going to bring it up because maybe someone's thinking of it. This is not cheap to get them out. It's not right. cheap to get them in the first place. Is this something that insurance would cover if you could say, or are we too early in knowing what, knowing the effects? You know what I'm saying? Like, could you prove yeah. that um, uh, you need them out? Right. Yes. Um, I will say yes and no. So for me, I just wanted them out. I knew that they were causing my health problems, but I did not have a rupture. I did not have one that had um, turned into like, sometimes the capsule can like become like a rock around the implant. Okay. Um, so there are reasons such as that and ruptures where the insurance company will pay for your okay. explant surgery. I did not have either of those things. I just wanted them out because yeah. I knew that my health would continue to decline if I didn't. And so, yes, it was another elective surgery that I, you know, that we had to, to pay out of pocket. And so that goes into a lot of people's decision-making too. Unfortunately, we were in a situation through, you know, having like health savings and things like that, that we could do it, that mm -hmm. I could get it done right away. But I do feel that with all of the talk about breast implant illness, that we will get to a point 
where maybe insurance will be more likely to to cover it um, yeah. if it's causing illness. Yeah, and do you find that most of the women in that Facebook group that you've kind of come across, do they did they all get sick kind of right away or like, you know, I mean, I'm older than you, so I know people who've had these for like many, mm -hmm. many, many years. And I'm wondering if like you just sort of get used to feeling tired and you don't realize, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, or does it usually affect people within the first couple of years? Yeah, I totally know what you mean because I've seen all, I've, I've seen the gamut of people who feel like they get sick immediately. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I feel like that's the case with some of the newer implants because while they may be new and improved, they're also filled with more chemicals than some that right. were made, you know, earlier on. Um, but I also read stories of women who've had their implants for 20 years and now they have lupus or MS or, you know, all of these things that are even harder to um, recover from once you get them out, which I mean, they have to get them out in order to be able to even start that process. So right. like you said, there could be women who've for 20 years had health problems and don't make the connection until that point. I was just very, very lucky that I um, was able to make that connection when I did. Yes, I agree. I think too, it's God's providence and protection for you. Mm -hmm. And also it, you're willing to talk about it. And I think that somebody else hearing your story may allow them to catch it sooner too. Mm -hmm. um, I want to make sure, because I don't want to run out of time before we touch on this, but you know, you were real honest in saying that, you know, you have those moments where you're like, oh gosh, why did I even do this to myself mm -hmm. in the first place? Right? Right. Um, so can we speak to that a little bit? I, I know that you, we've talked about your daughters and kind of the message mm -hmm. that you want to make sure um, you know how our yeah. daughters sometimes feel like they need to, to look a certain way to be beautiful? Right. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like the reason that any of us had have made the choice to get implants kind of stems back to feeling like we needed something um, to make ourselves better. For me, it was a decision I didn't come to lightly. And when I finally did, it was you know, for years, I just felt like inadequate as a woman, you know, feeling, feeling that way, um, with what God had given me. Yeah. And especially after a couple of kids, you know, what that can do to your body. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this for myself. Like I'm treating myself. I deserve it or whatever, you know, whatever anybody's reason is, yeah. it doesn't matter. I mean, we, I say we collectively because like anyone who gets implants, um, you know, has a reason that they did that and it's an elective surgery. And for me, it was just to feel more confident about myself. There was no pressure from anyone else for me to do that. Um, and most people probably didn't even know I had implants because I didn't want to make it an obvious thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's all it was for me. 
but it's still based on the fact that I didn't feel like I was adequate enough in the body that I already had. So it's just been kind of a very eye-opening journey. Um, and it probably helps that I'm in my mid forties now to have more clarity with that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, so now I've, I have them out and, you know, the truth is I probably have less now than I did before I got the implants because when you get them out, there's just going to be some tissue and things like that, that have to come out too. And so I can look at the scars and get really depressed and disappointed. And why did I do this? Um, but I just have to choose to look at, you know, what I have now and know that that's my story and that that is a message that I need to share. And I have three girls, one of them um, who just became a teenager and she needs to know this kind of thing. And it's not something that I want to keep from her because I feel like, um, nowadays, especially girls, um, are, are made to kind of feel that they need to look a certain way through social media and different things like that. So yes. for me, I'm in, I've kind of an open book now and not something that I'm going to really shy away from talking about. So, right. I think that's amazing and brave. And I do think it's just, it's so important that we hear real life stories of people who've gone through this and, you know, that we can totally relate to. And right. I, our daughters are up against it really with the social media and just, it's even more so than when we were growing up, you know, just thinking we need to look a certain way and always be happy and always be beautiful and always be, you know, camera ready. Right. Um, yes. So much pressure. So much pressure. Um, so your oldest, oldest knows kind of this whole story then, huh? Yes, she does. It's something that, you know, I've shared with her, my other two, not so much yet, but, um, you know, even though it's not something she may think about too seriously yet, I know it's a seed that's been planted in her and she'll remember. And it's always something that we can, you know, talk about as she goes through these stages of getting older and seeing what she feels like she has to, to be like, you know? Yeah. Well, I just appreciate you so much. And I know this is going to help people to hear the story. There may be somebody listening who's never thought this thought about this before, but they have been feeling some of these symptoms. So I appreciate you just kind of giving them a lifeline and, you said um, maybe you would give me the list of um, symptoms because yeah. I would love to put that in the notes on the blog. Um, yes, for sure. I as well as that. the link to the Facebook page. I think that's really important too. Yes. And I think what people will find if it's something that they decide to explore um, is there really is a lot of information out there. It's just not something that, we really know about unless we seek it. And so um, I was just blown away with how quickly I was able to find out so much about, about something like that, but that isn't really talked about a lot, just kind of, you know, out there. But 
the topic is growing and more women are finding out. And again, there's going to be a lot of women out there who have implants and feel fine, but just to know that this is something that I just need to keep in the back of my head, you know, like if I do start having this symptom or that symptom, it doesn't mean that it's a hundred percent going to happen to you, but it is just something at least to be um, informed about. Well, it reminds me of when I was suffering from anxiety and panic attacks, you know, 25 years ago, and nobody was really talking about anxiety and panic attacks. And now that seems strange because we talk about that stuff all the time. But there was one person who knew and she had experienced the same thing. And she said to me, I think this is what you're having. Here's a book. Read this book. Yeah. And it changed everything for me. To be able to know that I'm not the only one who has experienced this and to know that there was help and that there was information out there on it and all of that. So I think that's what's coming about even with like the FDA stuff with this. And and it's just, it's knowledge is power, right? Like we need to just at least know um, what we're getting into and, and people may still choose to do it. And that's not, you're not judging them. This isn't about that. This is about knowing what you're getting into and what could possibly happen. Exactly. Just knowing so much more than we knew five years ago going into it. And um, yeah, and just knowing that there's also a community there of women who want to encourage and want to provide information to, to help anyone who's going through something like this. Well, and one of the interesting things I know you told me is that your husband is more of like a sciencey guy and he was kind of mm-hmm. like, well, what are, what's the evidence? You know, he wanted to know more. And, and that's another reason I think it's so good that all this is coming out because, you know, you were, you said, I think you said something like the evidence is, you know, 60,000 women on Facebook yeah. saying that this happened to them. Right. Yeah. That's all the evidence I needed was 60,000 right. similar stories, you know, of women who couldn't all be making this up, but you know, to, I, I, I understand his perspective and a lot of people's perspective, out there. you know, like where's the study? Well, I was actually able to dig up a few because he challenged me on that. You know, I took that as a challenge, like I'll find you a study. Yes. But, yes. Um, yeah. And unfortunately I think the sad part right now is that women go to the doctor and even if they do know about breast implant illness, um, there's still doctors out there that will completely like disregard that and make them feel like, how could you even think there's a connection? Whereas my perspective now is how could you even think there's not a connection when you really think about what, (laughs) what you're putting in there. But, um, so, so Yes. yes, I think things are, are, getting better in that aspect as well, as far as the studies, the the information that's out there. Yes. Well, I, again, I just appreciate it. It's time for us to wrap it up. I'm sure we could go on hours and hours. If people want more information about this, you guys, I'm going to put it all on greatbigyes.com in the show notes so you can get um, support and encouragement from the group and just more information. And I just, Thank you so much, Melissa. This is um, incredible information for people. And I know, um, and I just pray that the right people will hear it. And I know that they will. I trust that. So thank you for being on. Thank you, Sue. I I honestly never would have thought when posting my story that I would 
be on a podcast a couple of weeks later. So thank you for reaching out and thinking that this was a story that needed to be shared. So I I think it's just, I think it's just the beginning girl. I think you might be in those um, FDA like (laughs) testimonies, who knows, but um, you know, I think for me, at least, you know, me, I mean, it's all about saying yes to a greater calling in your life. And often it's not the calling that we try to drum up for ourselves, but it's something that's happened to us that has caused a challenge in our lives. And God allows us to help others through it. And so I believe with everything that he can make good out of anything. And so um, that's what's happening here. And it's a, it's a powerful movement. So thank you again. Well, thank you, Sue. I love what you're doing and thanks for having me. Awesome.